you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The Around the NFL podcast is not associated with Jared from Subway. Welcome back to another edition to get that cleared up, of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Woo-hoo. Welcome back, Mark. Thank you. Back In the first name drop that we get it, uh, coming back to the show is Jared from Subway. I, very concerning uh, parallel. A man, a man that had his own legal entanglements. Yes. I didn't have legal entanglements. I was fulfilling a civic duty, Dan. <laughs> his, so, uh, your case is over, though. That's yes, it, it is. Oh, it is. It is over. over early. It was, yeah, it was, it was meant to go through Friday, and then uh, suddenly, like within, you have no idea what's happening. Suddenly, within like ten minutes in the courtroom, both both sides were like, "Yeah, we're good." Where? Uh, so, where was uh, where was the courthouse? Uh, downtown L.A. Yeah, where's you know where specifically? How did you get there? Ubered. Uber shared Uber rides are are the new are my new thing. I love them. Oh, you get to meet a lot of different people. I mean, you don't meet them, but it was like it, like the a, an Uber ride to downtown LA is twenty seven dollars. A shared Uber ride was eight. Hmm. So the yeah. uh, the court dockets related to your specific case could they be found in public records? Yeah, I have them in my bag. Okay. Are you are you thinking that I did not go? <laughs> it's ridiculous. This was a big theme to Monday. I, I, I believe me. One thing that I've found, and whenever I'm away show from your work, work in general, is like <laughs> Twitter in general is the first thing I believe if I leave this industry. And I saw tweets like, "Are you really a jury duty?" It's like, could you possibly have anything more to do with your time than be concerned if I'm actually there or not? <laughs> <laughs> so all right, so I'll, I'll check out that paperwork after the show. Um, <laughs> I got it for you, bro. It right is good here. to have you back, that Mar- though, Mark. It was you were missed. Oh, he literally whipped out his paperwork. I knew this was coming. So. Stand by, stand by. Date. <laughs> Doesn't look like it's been doctored. Okay, it's official. Well, what Mark, thank you Anyways. for doing your uh, civic duty. No, thank you. America thanks you. Uh, this is the Wednesday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, big show coming up today. Nice, saucy off-season show. Um, we're going to talk about, I don't know, call it the curse of the Chris Wessling feature. Because one of the most prominent stars of a top NFC offense is going on the shelf. Unless he has his way in a court. Is it in a court? It's not officially a court. Unless it goes to the courts. There, an appeal is what I'm getting at. But when you appeal a suspension, as Mark Ingram 
probably is going to do. Well, he's or- he already has. Okay. That was their. We'll get into, it, but they that was a an agent. Something the agent put out there, and the league quickly said, "This case is already wrapped." Could be the curse of the USO trip. Yeah, I like it. U- I like USO. aligning it with Wes more. <laughs> Interesting. Well, we'll get we'll get to all that, uh, and also coming up today, um, the Zeuser wrote a banger. Top ten storylines to watch this off season. So we'll uh, take a spin through uh, that piece of writing, and also don't forget as teased. On Monday show. Actually, can we get a little bit of um, that glorious guitar for this one? No, Greg, uh, Mark, I know you ingested Monday show, so you're aware of this. But <laughs> uh, yeah, clearly not, since he had no idea you <laughs> questioned his jury duty. Coming up at the end of this episode, this is called a tease. All right. One man, not known for being an open book, opens up the book and shares a major personal revelation. Greg Rosenthal. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> wow. Your I, words, I got mind, major. <laughs> yeah. So that's how we'll close the show. Let's do some news. Get out of here. We will stop this tournament right now. We are adults. And this is ridiculous. It is a cornhole tournament fundraiser. Cut the crap. One of my favorite viral videos of 2018 so far is a a dad-filled fist fight breaking out at a cornhole tournament at, at some uh, you know blue sky state. I would assume. <laughs> I've been involved in a lot of cornhole tournaments over the years. I've been involved in athletics with rednecks quite a bit over the years. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a fight at a cornhole game. Well, this one was this was a great one, and I, I asked Lindsay specifically to leave in the very, very end after the organizer um, disciplines the men for their stupidity. You hear a guy in the deep, faint background go, "He started it." <laughs> <laughs> Let me hear that again, Lindsay. <laughs> yes, he's back. Go sit on the steps Fantastic. for a while. Uh, all right. So, yes, as we. Uh, uh, alluded to at the very top of the show, the Saints are going to lose one of their very best players uh, for the first quarter of the 2018 season. Mark Ingram suspended by the league without pay uh, for the first four games uh, for violating the NFL's policy on PEDs, the league announced Tuesday. Ingram led the Saints last season with 1,100 uh, rushing yards, was an all-purpose beast, just like uh, his backfield running mate, Alvin Kamara. But now it's going to be a one-man show uh, the appeal, as we also alluded to, has already been made. Uh, Ingram is allowed to participate in all offseason and preseason practices and games. Mark, we'll start with you on this one. Did you know this was coming? Because Mark Ingram was on the USO tour. Not not at all. And I find that I, I don't know when he would have known. It's, it does sound like the team knew about it for some time. but At least weeks, but probably maybe since you got back. There was a lot of theories in the newsroom immediately, from not just from uh, people that work for this podcast, just wondering, like, what, what happened on that trip, did Mark? I, you give did him, say that give him some supplements or some did, extra. Food like, are we are we doing PEDs in Italy and Germany? I don't well, in so. all seriousness, yes. though, they. I'm on a party with you. You're right. It is a PED. Right. So this is My not dog, rec- Mark with a C. <laughs> this is not <laughs> recreational. Uh, but you did say they slipped away for long hours of partying and also working out. Uh, well, honestly, what I did notice from all those guys and like it's that they were, despite being kind of on a leisurely week. Every morning, those dudes were working out like an hour and a half, two and two and a half hours, which made me feel ridiculous by comparison. <laughs> and eating huge meals and stuff. Like you were I only working out eighty minutes in the morning. Didn't touch a, a gym the entire time that out there. But I, I don't know. I think this came completely out of the blue. I I saw someone that seemed super fired up for next season, and like couldn't have been kind of happier with the way his off season was going. So the appeal was already heard and denied uh, by the NFL. So. Uh, Ingram will miss those four games. And Wes, you uh, just on Monday's show, we talked about and you put up a great uh, column about this. You have the Saints as the number one offense. Are they still the number one offense with Ingram out of the mix? Well, he's only going to miss a month. Yeah. Season's four months long. Yeah, I'd say for 75% of the season. All right. All right, smart Alec. How much does he hurt their offense, him being absent hurt their offense? I'm trying to figure out, like, 
how to separate rap sheets reporting that Ingram hasn't been involved in OTAs, is looking for a new contract, and the Saints were planning to make Alvin Kamara their feature back anyway. I'm not sure how all this works with the suspension news, but if they're going to make Alvin Kamara the feature back, they're already in much better shape than most teams in the NFL, even without Mark Ingram. Right. They can survive a month. In that month, they've got the Giants, Bucks, Browns, and Falcons. You know, none of those teams, uh, you would say, have one of the best defenses in the league. So I think they'll be fine on offense with Sean Payton and all the weapons. The the report from Ian Rappaport you just mentioned, to me, was much more interesting than the suspension. Suspensions happen all the time. They get back. He's going to be back for the, the key games. It sounds to me like Ingram wasn't thrilled with his contract, perhaps, or the Saints weren't thrilled with him, that a trade was definitely possible, and that when they found out about this failed test, that kind of put that all on hold. He is not at OTAs. Ian Rappaport says even though he's allowed to be at the facility, he probably won't be there unless he's required. So that's to me, a, a kind of a bigger story than the suspension. I agree. And I also, I mean, I do wonder, though, because, you know, and I don't know, you know, every factor that went into your West, you making them the number one offense. But I thought the way that you'd have Ingram and Kamara on the field and defenses really had no idea how either would be used on an almost any given play. Do we really see Alvin Kamara as a guy that you simply make your lone workhorse? I don't know if that's who that player is. I thought Ingram... Not to, I don't how can you take away what he did last season? He, he was, was he, it was his it was his best year by far. No, I agree with that. I think per play efficiency, Kamara will not be nearly as good if he's stretched out of that complementary role. The thing is with Kamara though, people think of him like oh, it's like it's like almost like a Darren Sproles guy. He's a third down. It's like no, he's two hundred and fifteen pounds and he runs over people sometimes at the goal line. We've seen. I don't think he's going to make his living. Bet- as a between the tackles runner, but he is absolutely big enough, I think, and strong enough to be a 350 touch type of guy. And they'll they'll be happy when Ingram does get back. They did report though, Dan. Uh, if you were at, it did not happen in Europe. He failed the test during the regular season. It <laughs> yeah, was the last. I didn't think so. The last the last test Let's of the regular fun. season. We do that on the pod. The, the agent uh, said it was at the last test. A little bit of, of mirth. Yeah, just a little mirth. I'm just pointing it out. No, it's good. It's good information. This is an informational podcast. Here's a little more information. Ingram will miss games against the Bucks, Cleveland Browns. Nice job by you, Mark. At the Atlanta Falcons and at the Meadowlands against mm. the Giants. <clears throat> Moving on. Wes, you could finally sleep. Uh, we know whether or not Kurt Warner will return to the NFL. The NFL Network analyst and Pro Football Hall of Famer um, went on our own airwaves to confirm that, no, he will not be playing any more NFL football, but it doesn't mean he didn't think about it. Warner revealed that he spoke to an NFL coach early this offseason about the possibility of coming out of retirement. Here's what he had to say to Andrew Siciliano. There was a lot of teams that were needy of a quarterback this offseason and, uh, you know, didn't have a vet. We're probably going to go with the young guy. And so reached out to a coaching friend of mine. I was in good shape. I was throwing the football again and said, you know what? I think I can give you one year. If you need that one-year bridge uh, to the future, uh, I'm your guy. But but as I said, I don't think he took me seriously and was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. They went out and signed a quarterback. That was the end of that deal. But, uh, you know, we were talking about it just a little bit last night. I should have known that it was going to blow up and do a, a full-fledged real-life story when, uh, when there, there really wasn't that much to it. Has the ship sailed? Well, you know, you never want to say never, but yeah, I mean, obviously the older you get, uh, you still have visions of grandeur in your head, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting too far away from this thing. Although I do feel really good and I was slinging it pretty good just a couple months ago when I, when I was training, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's time that we say this thing is over. So Warner out, Mark. Wes, you can sleep. (laughs) These stories kind of fascinate me. Just the, the mind of a professional athlete or a hall of famer that your confidence never really leaves you that you you still believe you can play. I was reading a story on TJ Hushmanzada, the former Bengals receiver the day before. And he said, you know, basically in similar words, I firmly believe wholeheartedly in my heart of hearts, I can line up as a number three receiver after three months of working out. And I think if you look back like to Greg playing tennis or Dan playing softball or <laughs> mm-hmm. Mark playing football when he was in fifth grade. Uh, Dominant. Great cornerback. Like any athlete, speed. W- when Thanks. you think about yourself and how good you are, don't you always think of the hot streaks and figure I can be that guy any 
Like right. I, to me, I always think, okay, at my best, if I can get into that groove for an entire year, yeah, I could, I, I could see how an athlete would say, yeah, I only picture myself at my best. In my heart of hearts, I'm confident I can do this. And he's kept him. Mm. We know we see him very often around here, and we also know that he uh, takes good care of himself, and he sees what uh, Tom Brady is doing and what Drew Brees is doing. And I could see why an all-time quarterback could think. <laughs> an all-time hey, quarterback, yeah. Yeah, I think why he would think maybe, hey, I could do this maybe. I mean, hey. he hasn't taken a snap in seven seasons. Yeah. And I was, like, trying to go back looking at old – offensive coordinators that he had to see who might be this coach that maybe rose up through the ranks that still has him on speed dial. He was the one who wanted to do it, which made me think it's got to be the Cardinals. A, because he's close with them and B, because he already offered for them again. And they they were looking for a Right. They said, we'll we'll, we'll, like, we'll find a quarterback in four or five different ways this offseason. This is a fourth or fifth different way. Nice deduction, bro. Well, it's, it could be it had to totally be. wrong, but you you got to figure. I like your deduction. I, I I think maybe what separates us and athletes like that is is no. I know that I was in so much better shape in high school, unfortunately, than I ever was going to be. Oh, I think the, the me of today would have been, like, <laughs> as a football player back then, I was like, don't hit me. I don't want to do this. It's like now you'd run angry and you'd want to, like, take people out. Part of the story that fascinates me, though, is it's the off season and how do these stories come about? It only happened – this story, we would not be talking about it. He would not be on up to the minute if Roto Pat, our friend Pat <laughs> Darty at Roto World, didn't happen to be watching the Cardinals game and hear that and say, what? Right. And then tweeted it out with the video. Literally would have just gone into the ether. No one would have ever talked about it. And instead, <laughs> it ended up programming like SportsCenter and NFL Network just because Roto well, I, Pat's a diehard card. I was going to say, Roto, nice job by Roto Pat. And also, he was on the air talking about it because it's May 9th. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. A lot of time to fill. Uh, In other news, uh, these are high times uh, for the New York Jets, who believe they found their signal caller of the future in Sam Darnold, the number three overall pick. And great. I want to play right now. And at the very top of the food chain, uh, that optimism is continuing to overflow. CEO Christopher Johnson, who, uh, if you're not aware, is the brother of Woody, who is overseas as the American ambassador to England? Could he be more UK. unplugged? Yes. UK? Woody Johnson could not be more unplugged. He's literally Jets. unplugged now. He is out of the he's out of the machine. And uh, Chris Johnson has gotten some good reviews as his replacement or temporary replacement. Here's what he had to say uh, via ESPN.com. I honestly think people are going to look back 20 years from now and say, this is the moment the Jets shifted into a new gear, that they became a great team. I'm pointing this out because from the very top to all the fans, including me, it's a very vulnerable, exciting, vulnerable time for Jets fans because everyone is all in on this kid. And the owner's not even hiding it. Like, that's a big statement. All owners are going to say, oh, yeah, we really think this kid's got a bright future. We think we could put him, you know, build around him and make him a a talented quarterback in this league. Mm. When the owner is saying – He's the guy that changes everything. 40 years of misery. It's a lot of pressure. And there's a lot of open-heartedness around the Jets. And you don't want to be hurt. But this is what we're going to find out. I said this Can't wait. about 49ers fans in December. But I think it applies to Jets fans now. And this may say something about me as a, as a sports fan. But I don't think there's anything more exciting than sports. Than a young, difference-making talent who has the potential to change everything about your rooting experience. Yeah, they, you'd be surprised if Chris Johnson and the Jets didn't feel this way about Sam Darnold after what they did. The difference is they're they're comfortable just putting out there in public. They're not believing in under-promising and over-delivering, and they might as well hype it up. Sell some. So it's not gonna. I don't think it's gonna make a difference whether he becomes a great one or not. Whether they hype him up. If well, yeah. The thing about Sam it, Darnold. Do yeah, yeah, Darnold's not. Go, it's. Not, I don't. I think the pressure. I think Sam Darnold's one of the quarterbacks based on sort of the neck up that I don't think it's going to rattle them the way it might someone else. And you you have to have the right team around someone to make it successful. It, it can't just be him and no one else. But it's a little different than Niners fans in the sense that Niners fans, you know, depending on your age, you've either lived through multiple Super Bowls or you just went to one a couple years ago. You've had it. You've had those NFC title game wins. Outside of a, a brief run with Rex Ryan, the Jets fans have been through utter bleak hell and embarrassing hell in many ways too. So the idea that it could turn around is crazy. It's an, it's a reality shift. A big part of this reaction on the Jets' part is that, as Ian said yesterday on NFL Up to the Minute, 
the Jets made that trade believing that Baker Mayfield was going to be their quarterback at number three, mm-hmm. even though they had Sam Darnold number one on their board. They just never at any point considered the idea that Sam Darnold would fall to them at three. So now here they are sitting there extremely happy to get a guy they never thought they had a shot at. And that, that stuff never happens for the Jets. What they would, We'll see if it turns out to be a major break for them, but that's part of the shock and excitement around the team is that it seemed like they could have caught a break here. Uh, in other news, uh, a former Jet, Brandon Marshall, has been on the free agent uh, line since the New York Giants cut ties with him a couple weeks ago. He's meeting with the Seahawks today, according to Mike Garofolo of NFL Network. Uh, 34 years old. Uh, awful last season, just never got it going with Eli and then um, suffered a lower body injury that knocked out, ended his season prematurely. Uh, we talked about Marshall after he got released, Greg, uh, and we're kind of a little skeptical that whether he'd get a job or not, you think he would be a fit in Seattle? I, I don't know if he has much to offer any team, but it did point out to me uh, how depleted this Seattle receiver core is when I looked at it. I'm going to be doing them next week in the projected starter series. Ooh, check it out. NFL.com slash Rosenthal. Slash projected starters even, too. How about that? Well, don't uh, confuse the people. If it's Rosenthal, yeah. then slash projected starters. No, no. Or get just, a broken just, URL. Yeah, just projected. <laughs> NFL.com slash projected starters. I thought, I thought Russell Wilson had maybe his best wide receiver crew he ever had in Seattle last year. But now it's Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, and who knows after that. Jerron Brown and Ed Dixon. It's, so if if ever there's a team that at least could kick the tires, give Marshall a shot, this would be it. I mean, but that said, Brandon Marshall to me looked. I'm I'm just surprised that he's going anywhere outside of the New York City area because of his television uh, requirements. If if he winds up there, well, but. now it seems like he's making that decision. I really want to play another year, and it's not going to be a perfect setup for me anymore. If that if I do go down, I'd be surprised if he makes the team. Seahawks don't make the playoffs if Brandon Marshall signs up for them. Oh. Well, that's the truth if you look at the history. I yeah. mean, listen, you might say they could be West, veering in that direction hours. as they as uh, you Just know already. Luck. But right, if you look at it purely numerically, ch- chances are that streak would end. But maybe there's some part of Brandon Marshall that upsets locker rooms and makes teams not live up to their expectations. Makes Ryan Fitzpatrick throw a bunch of interceptions in Week 17 in Buffalo. Come on, don't bring that back. It's a bright new future for my team. But that, that one I'm hurt. just saying that was Marshall. That was still a, the that hardest was a good podcast I've ever done. Was that Sunday night show? <laughs> that was brutal. If you want to hear the old Zeuser at his most like depressed and sad, go mm. surface week fifteen, week seventeen of 2015. I, the Purple podcast. Heart Committee has been disgusting. <laughs> Pin it on me. Uh, moving on, uh, the first round pick of the Bears, Raquan Smith. A victim of a robbery over this weekend, the Athens-Clark County Police Department in Georgia confirmed to NFL.com. Smith had several items stolen from his uh, new BMW, including the team-issued iPad, which I feel like it has the playbook, is the last thing a rookie would ever want stolen from you. I mean, that's that makes you seem like a total... But you're on everyone's radar. All you're totally on everyone's radar. Yeah. Greg, as a guy who's lost many, many things, including... Apple products over the years. A lot of Apple products. Can you sure. imagine a scenario where you played an entire NFL career and did not lose your playbook multiple times? <laughs> well, I did, you know, re- remember or learn last time I lost something, which was a phone in a in a cab. Tell the NFL right away because they're going to zap it, take all the info out. I kind of waited to see if <laughs> I could. Craig knows all the protocols. I, yeah, I kind of waited, you know, a while to see if it, I was trying to get it back because I was embarrassed. Uh, so I waited a while till I told the NFL, no, you got to tell your team right away. I think Roquan <laughs> Smith, he's got a good head on his shoulders. He did that. Wes lost an iPad once, but it had nothing to do with a break-in. It, it, yeah. it did not involve <laughs> NFL security. <laughs> that it involved, involved football, but not this type of football. It involved Big Bear Lake and then uh, watching the World Cup with you guys. Yeah. At the garage. Where one of our coworkers, late in the day, got into a fist fight with a friend. And we weren't even there with them. It was just a, an adjoining group that tipped over – Everything on our table, and initially wetted uh, Chris's iPad, and then you just lost it later. You just lost the iPad. So I, I cannot blame the losing of the iPad on the fist fisticuffs that occurred around me. Didn't someone get um, stiff with a tab there too? Yes, that did, that also happened. Well, By the way, I love what's what in this guy's car that that did get returned to him, which was uh, jerseys. They the police said were worth. Over $40,000 because of, like, the lineage of them being game jerseys that were worn in, like, bowl games. But on top of it, four pairs of Bose headphones, 
a Bose Bluetooth speaker. We know all that came from the draft. Yes. But two watches, a Michael Kors and Kaibo, I guess, watch, which are probably not cheap, a pair of expensive sunglasses, and, like, endless Nike shoes. Like, how how rich are these players right away where, like, suddenly your car is, like... swag, though. Yeah, I, I know. We know. We got, we got a Nike swag bag, too. Or, and Bose or is swag isn't sponsor. like that. I mean, you got to no. keep that stuff under wraps in your car. Put it in the trunk. By the way, most of the stuff was recovered uh, by the police, and uh, I don't know about the iPad, but a lot of it was. So all's well that ends well. Find my it. iPad, however, still unrecovered. Still, still pinging it. Find my <laughs> iPad. Yeah, my, no response. My phone as well. Enjoy it, cab driver from New Orleans. Mm. Finally, uh, Orlando Franklin, who you may remember from Greg, his extended run with the Broncos among Thank others. You. Broncos, yeah. Thanks. Didn't last too long. Uh, seven years in the NFL. Uh, he announced his retirement on Instagram. He's had this to say. Over the last few days, I've realized that FaceTiming my son is just not enough. Uh, now I throw it uh, to you, Mark, and I ask why, uh, and maybe this will help Orlando, why FaceTiming is enough for you. With your <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, it's not. I read this story, and I think I think this is, A, I think we're going to see more players make decisions like this, but I think that this was one of the better stories of the week. Is daddy ever coming I don't back? like the critique that I, like, somehow am fine without – you know, contacting my children. That is another another totally fabricated. He didn't say not utterly, utterly he said just absurd. Face, just another absurd timing. narrative with no basis in reality at all that I hear about on Twitter five or six times a day. <laughs> it's just good that you have Wi-Fi because that helps a lot in terms of keeping appearances up. <laughs> Right? I don't know. I, I have no idea what you're referring worse. to. There is a lot of projection going on in this room. Uh, perhaps, perhaps. Uh, that's what's happening in the news. All right. Here we go. I said uh, over the weekend that I was in Vegas, but that was a lie. Old Zeuser was locked up in his room, and he was burning that midnight oil because an editor. An, an elaborate lie. My editor, uh, Ali Bampori, said, I want content. I want digital content. I want written content. And I said, yes, sir. So I uh, went down to my own lab, and I cranked out the top 10 off-season storylines. You could check it out at NFL.com slash Hansis. And um, I have 10 here, <clears throat> and I think maybe uh, a way to kind of uh, talk about this and go through it is maybe if you gentlemen, uh, if you've had the chance to peruse the article yourself, uh, could pick one from the list and tell me if it's one that you're juiced about or one that you don't believe is something we should track at all. <laughs> Good That's plan. Some fun. Wes, I know you are a man that is very selective in what you care about this time of year. Uh, what's one that, that stands out to you that should people should be paying attention to? The one that stands out to me is Andrew Luck's health, which has been uh, something we've been watching for two years now. Um, most of this stuff, I feel like, will work itself out. Andrew Luck's health is really a question mark to me. Why isn't he throwing? I know he's being really strict about following the rules this time. It's still weird that he's not throwing yet a fo- uh, an actual Duke football. The Duke. So I guess I don't expect anything to change until training camp, and that's when we'll start to see what Andrew Andrew Luck's health looks mm. like and what the Colts' prospects going forward look like. Maybe, maybe we'll get a little. We'll get some clues or some progress, you know, once OTAs and mandatory minicamp, just of kind of what he's doing because. That's when the reporters are going to be around, and they really had Andrew Luck, and this you know, was a red flag in hindsight, basically hidden from all reporters. I remember going to training camp last year, and you know he was in another building, literally, that you couldn't go walk into. Like You could kind of see the buildings open, but you didn't have the angle where you could see where Andrew Luck was doing whatever Andrew Luck's doing. It was he's, like a separate facility. He's like the trendy animal at the zoo. Right. Yeah, I got him off. Off campus and in this other locale, you so, can't even see. So my thought is if if you start seeing some tangible progress, and I would think there should be some in May and June, that would be at least a good early start. I just feel like this story has been going on forever. And it I, has. It, it, it's just unbelievable. It was like, oh, when you're writing the articles a while back, I was like, oh, coming off of you know recent shoulder surgery, coming off of shoulder surgery six months ago, eight months removed from shoulder surgery, shoulder surgery from last – now it's like we're getting years, years away from – the initial issue here, and right. it's like, get on and the I field, think, please. I think 2015, it, this first popped up. Yeah, and his last game was January 1st, 2017. They're part of the apprehension. That's why you don't tell Kurt Warner he can't play. I mean, he's, right. they almost equally have the last, equal distance between their last place. The, 
a lot of a lot of the doubt uh, that whether it's the football cognoscenti or uh, just regular Joe Cool uh, that's on Twitter. The reason why people have doubt is because the Colts kind of botched it last year by making it seem like it was something that was going to happen, and they were very open and public, I thought, in their comments and, and the positive comments. And the owner even said before the season that you're going to see Andrew Luck, and it never happened. So now that he's been gone all year, it's hard to take the organization at its word, even though they continue to spout positive comments about their quarterback. Let's be fair. All right, Mark, what do you got? Well, I, I like that you – I mean, this is – I think this would have snuck its way into um, this type of article one way or the other, but in this case – it is legitimate and real this time. The lingering heat on Patriot Way. Mm. This isn't, I don't think, just the same old, let's cook up something that might unseat the Patriots psychologically. I want to see what plays out with all this. The Gronk stuff is fine, but I really feel like the, over and over you're getting these sound bites from Tom Brady, whether it's the Jim Gray interview, or you have Tom Brady now floating around in a car uh, looking like a magician. Uh, I saw that <laughs> stuff too. I mean... There's That's just the Met Gala. There's, yeah, there's just a bit. Yeah, and he was not the weirdest person at the Met Gala. By, I, I by thought far, he looked but, more like 1992 Michael Jackson, but go on. No, that's well, a, yeah, no, that's absolutely that's dead on. It's yeah. just that it just feels like there's a bit of a tone shift with a lot of people inside the organization that I would have laughed at even six months ago that any issues exist at all. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't think you're wrong. I don't know if the, I think Tom Brady if you listen to that interview. I watched the whole thing. I think he's starting to telegraph. Look, when, when he's back, they're just, my expectation is it's all going to be buttoned up. Gronk had a long personal meeting with Belichick. What happened after that meeting was the Patriots started negotiating his contract. So I think just based on their prior history, once those guys are back in the building, whenever it is, certainly it'll be by mandatory minicamp. They're just going to be the it's, Patriots, and they're going to be kind of boring again, and we'll start to talk about their team, which is significantly different. I think in some ways could be better in terms of the depth on their defense, and it's just different on offense, and we'll start talking about that because they're they're just too good at shutting these stories out. With Gronk, it, it looks to me more and more like his grumbling has always been about money and wanting a better contract because he's got a pretty bad deal compared to other players of his level, certainly players that play his position. Uh, but the Brady thing seems more personal, and if, since it's Tom Brady and it's Bill Belichick, we'll see if that dies. And I, I tend to think they will too. They'll it will get buttoned up by September, and they'll drop another thirteen and three or, or more. Uh, but we are in kind of uncharted territory. I don't think so. Brady being ambivalent about his future playing football on some level or his relationship with you know his organization is a made up story by any means. It's a really important thing. It's also overdue. He's 40 years old, and he has been as motivated, you know, and ready to go as any athlete we've seen. Like, it's time. It's, I don't know. It's overdue. Uh, Greg, you want to throw one out there? Yeah, the one that stuck out to me that we actually will learn about, I in, in maybe the rest of the world is, doesn't think this is interesting, but Kaepernick and Eric Reed possibly getting a job. Because I think that's a story that's bi- bigger than football, especially Eric Reed. It, it sort of doesn't make sense that he wouldn't be on a roster in the season. Now there's other safeties out there like Trey Boston and Kenny Vaccaro people point out that don't have jobs now. So I'm, I'm kind of just in wait and see because I think this is a story that can keep ballooning outward in terms of its importance. And it's, it's just surprising to me that someone in the NFL on the ownership level doesn't just want to be on the right side of this story like because this is a story like Callum Kaepernick. It's just going to be talked about. It's hard. It's hard for me to imagine that the owners don't see that the Colin Kaepernick story is something that's going to be talked about in 10 years from now. Like it's made that sort of impact and that it's going to be a positive for the league if he is ever back in the league. And it's complicated how to figure this out with, with all the legal stuff going on. Your wording. It's interesting. You said the right side of the story, which, which is part of what makes this very complicated is that there's a whole other portion and especially in the ownership of a very conservative group that don't see it as that being on the right side of history. And I think a lot of teams have been eliminated from uh, even being interested in either of these guys because of it. And one thing I think is also interesting is that Reed, he worked out with Kaepernick on Tuesday, a Bay area news group spotted them. They didn't want to talk, but they worked out together at a college uh, Cal state East Bay Reed. He's taking the, the, I think he's making the move here. Like I'm not going to distance myself from Kaepernick 
and uh, try to get a job no matter the cost. I'm going to continue to be right in the middle of this and put myself side by side with Kaepernick and see if teams are still willing to play me. So I, I kind of admire that he's not um, shying away from how he got in this situation in the first place. Yeah, it's like it's what it's it's who he is. It's what he believes and stands for. It's not a good look, I think, to to step off of that just to get a job. I mean, this is it's a it, the. the I don't think it's just owners either. I think there are coaches that don't want to get involved in this either. Oh yeah, sure. there, it's it's and and it's sponsorships and it's such a convoluted, tangled mess of money, interests, and greed that you're right. This is going to be a story that we look back on a decade from now, and it's not a sports story at this point. You see, Jason Garrett in All or Nothing talk about it with his coaches. A, the coaches, some of the coaches are are really an, an angry about the whole anthem and protest issue and then b my bigger takeaway was like jason garrett just didn't want to have to even bring it up with the coaches like he hated even having to talk about it with the coaches which you know that's you got to be a leader and and he did he he talked about but you could tell it was just something oh my gosh it's like the last thing that these coaches who are so focused on the field want to deal with it's such a hard job to be a head coach and keep 53 men focused on the same goal and you keep your staff in line and have every all the distractions I think I could kind of see where Garrett was coming from, which was like, I'm trying to get this team figured out. We're, we just got killed in Denver. This is earlier in the season. And and now I have this on my plate. And that's how I, I read to me, not whether or not where he stood on the issue, but just like, I don't want to have another thing on my plate. And that's certainly what it was. Uh, we should talk. about. I don't know. You guys watching all or nothing. We could watch. We could talk about that on another show. But uh, I watched the first two episodes, enjoyed it quite a bit. I haven't plugged in yet. I will catch up. At and some stage in time. Wes, you did, by the way, one last thing on Eric Reed. You, I saw you on a Twitter back and forth that a lot, a lot of people are saying, oh, Eric Reed should definitely have a job, but you did notice some things last season where he didn't maybe have the best season in San Francisco. Well, Eric Reed is a guy who had concussion issues early in his career to the point where people doubted whether he was going to be playing again. He's a hard hitter, and you wonder – if his body's going to hold up. He's had knee injuries. He's had, I believe, shoulder injuries. He got moved to linebacker for a little bit last year because he wasn't starting at safety. And I think showed something there at the, at the at some point. And it finished off his season well. I would just say this, and this point gets lost in every discussion of this issue. It is possible to agree with, with Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick politically, socially, and still think there are football reasons why they are not playing. Yeah, the Reed one is is – really interesting to me and Dan pointed out that he's kind of and I admire it too being as aggressive as possible or at least public as possible in terms of aligning himself with Kaepernick and that's what he's doing in terms of this uh this lawsuit that's been filed through the NFLPA he's he's getting out in front of it he's not waiting until the season he's doing it right now we ranked him as the number 25 overall unrestricted free agent when we did our top 101 number 24 or I believe was Kenny Vaccaro so they were right next to each other Trey Boston was 53 those were three of our top safeties and none of them are looking for jobs and so it there are other things that you can look at like that he doesn't have a job I don't know it's like a it's a complicated issue but he he's kind of making the point this is who I am sign me knowing that's who I am uh, and one more from from the article. Uh, which one, Mark? I'll throw it to you on this one. Which one of the big five rookie QBs will see extensive action in 2018? Uh, let's say majority starters, so they start eight games or more for their team. Who? Which? I think Sam five? Darnold could start 16. I'd be surprised if he's not the week one starter, and if he mm. if he keeps his act together and he stays healthy, you, you could go the entire way. Josh Rosen would be right there next, along with him. I I think Mayfield. I think the Browns like. For better or worse, I read what you wrote that you don't buy that that the Tyrod Taylor thing sticks. But I, I think at this point, like he would be one of the Lamar Jackson would be the lowest, but Baker Mayfield to me would be a guy that maybe he starts a couple games at the end of yeah. the year if the ship sinks. I don't even mean that as like Baker br- Mayfield. You believe only starts at the end of the year? I don't. I just think if 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 they if they keep if Tyrod Taylor is fine, they they and and, and there's not a bunch of people calling for his neck. Then he would keep the. I think he'd keep the job longer than any past rookie quarterback. Any past quarterback in Cleveland would have been. I think it's going to be very hard for the Browns, even if they want to redshirt him, to keep him on the bench. If unless the Browns do what people think is maybe possible this year, which is put together a season that's somewhat competitive. I mean, if they're 
six and seven or something like that, I think Tyrod's going to stay in the lineup. But if they, even if they're making improvements, their record still stinks and they're, you know, isn't the safe bet every one of these guys are starting by like October twentieth? Right. That, that's what I. Well, that's what I. Yeah. Think. Here's what happens all the time: one bad game, and people start to talk about it. Right. Two bad games, people start to call for it. Three bad games, they make the switch. Right. I Tyrod Taylor could play fine, and I think he's getting benched the second they're under five hundred. So. You know, if that's one in three, you know, maybe two games under 500. If that's one in three, he's gone. I mean, I've spent, I've spent five years well saying every one of these quarterbacks are going to start by week three or four. So I don't even know why I just well, said that about Baker Mayfield. Well, Mayfield. It just seems like that's what they want. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. He's that's old, what they want. And maybe they will get off to a fast start. And then I could see it happening. But Mayfield is older. I think he's, you know, there's some argument that he was a little more ready than maybe Sam Darnold would be. That Darnold, if there was anyone that could use a little more seasoning, you know, just to get up to speed at the end of a level, it would old. be him. He's 20 years old. So I, I, Rosen, I think, depends almost totally on Bradford. He, unless Rosen is just insane lights out, I think if Bradford shows up and he's healthy and he's Sam Bradford, he's going to get to start for as long as they're winning, and then or at least at 500, which might not be very long, but he's going to get. it's going to be up to Bradford. Couldn't any one of these quarterbacks win the job in the preseason? I don't think Lamar Jackson. I honestly even think with with Joe, it's, it seems impossible, but cr- much crazier stuff has happened. I think it could lead to him. If Lamar Jackson is lights out in the preseason, I think Flacco, my opinion, would still start the season, but it would become a short leash situation. I agree with that. Um, that the Ravens, their GM, their assistant GM, their head coach have all gone out of their way to say that Joe Flacco, they believe they can make the playoffs with Joe Flacco. I mean, to me, that's – they have their mindset on the, all those additions they made on offense are going to revive his career. So if I set the over under at eight and a half, let's leave Jackson out of this on the other four quarterbacks starts this season. Would you take the over on all four? Yes. Interesting. And yeah, I, I think I would Josh say, I would Allen is a little on, bit of a mystery. I would go over they've got on nothing. 10. I mean, what, I mean, what does he have to, who does he have to beat out though? I, uh, no, that's Aaron what I'm saying. They've got the, the cupboard is bare and like your whole, I mean, if we're going to say, the best spot. here's what Tyrod Taylor can do. Here's <laughs> what Josh McCown can do. Give me a break. AJ McCarron. I mean, he's out of there by week three well, if things aren't good. They, the thing they'd have to be worried about, well, there's a few things, is the surrounding talent. Is anyone set up for success there in terms of their receivers and their offensive line and their schedule? Warren Sharp, who does a really good job with strength of schedule, you know, not using the typical, you know, kind of easy way to do it. He he had a podcast with Evan Silva, which, you know, I recommend checking out. And he talked about the Bills once front loaded schedule. Yeah, just one time. It's, fine. it's not even like that regular. So it, you, he, they've got a front loaded schedule where their schedule is much tougher in the first six or seven weeks. And with all of that and Josh Allen being raw in mind, I would think they're going to give McCarron a chance to play himself out of that job for a while. Or, or, or we see all three spot. quarterbacks by Thanksgiving, like the same way the Broncos flip flop through right. quarterbacks. Or non-stop. Peterman goes second, yeah. Right. right. I wouldn't. Be, I said this a couple of times. I would not be surprised if Nathan Peterman beats out AJ McCarron, or if Josh Allen beats out AJ McCarron before the season even starts. I hope we do see them all by Thanksgiving. Let's get these kids in there. Be fun. Be fun for the league. Uh, all right. There you go. Sean Watson out. back. AFC is oh, yeah. a lot it's more happening. interesting with these young quarterbacks. Get rid of these 39, 40-year-old guys. All the out. MVPs and whatnot. <laughs> get rid of, get rid <laughs> yeah, of the 43 year old. Get rid of two <laughs> of the three best <laughs> quarterbacks last year. Uh, we're going to keep our 40-somethings, though. You guys are studs. <laughs> You'll be there in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so far away. It will never happen to me. Uh, all right. I'm a year away. It's coming. It's coming. Never happened to you? That suggests death. <laughs> I think you'd want it to happen to you. <laughs> all right. I mean, you make a good point. Now it's time. Oh. This was teased on Monday. If you're joining us late, which is weird, it's a podcast. Greg. He makes Don Draper look like an open book. Wow. I don't know where this narrative's going. <laughs> He's a guy that's not going to let you inside too often. But he promised on Monday that he would change everything today. <laughs> and uh, now we've reached the end of the show. As promised, Greg is going to make an intensely personal revelation. This is re- Greg? This reminds me of the... Wait, ri- just let's just get a little more guitar first. Hang on. Can you turn it up a little, Lindsay? 
I would listen to this song at WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> this tease and this buildup reminds me of when you're on Route 99 going east, I believe, uh, at least to New Orleans. There's there's that sign, like 500 miles. Watch out, the thing is coming up. Like scary, like the <laughs> scariest thing ever. All right, 250 miles. Your mind will be blown by the thing. And then you get off, you know, you check it out, and it's just some like old Dang. fake mummy. And it's a solid like, filibuster, yeah, but now we want to hear, hear what's happening with you. All right, so here it is, as promised, for 48 hours. Everyone's been on the edge of their seat. Greg, open it up his books. Floor is yours, Mr. Rosenthal. Well, you you brought the, you brought this up out of nowhere, and and I immediately thought on Monday I actually have do do have something to say to this, because as the the guys in this room know, I'm going to Tybee Island, yes. uh, next week with Chris Wesseling. Uh, little Wesselmania on the road. The the Paramore will be there. It'll be a lot of fun. Breaking news. But as but as part of uh, the conditions of me going. My wife, Emika, said one of the conditions is I have to say publicly that I wear the pants in our relationship. And so when you when you mentioned it the other day, Hold on. I thought this is my chance. <laughs> this is my chance. And I, I am saying publicly. Why does she I'm want married. that to be said? Right. You could argue just the fact that she put that in as a clause, you know, as a point to the opposite, you know, the like- opposite. But I'm not going to go there feels like she gonna, believes there's an existing narrative that she wears the it, pants and she wants to dispel exactly. that. Exactly. I think she she believes that that's that's out there and that and she just and and more importantly, she wanted to know and this is true. She wanted me to believe in my heart and know <laughs> that no, I actually do wear the pants. Do you so do you believe some, that it's caused in your heart? Do you believe cuz you're you're sort of shaking your head uh, you know, back and forth. I do I do believe it. You believe that you wear the pants. This is a I think fascinating peek behind the curtain. It's. I think we have a, a great relationship, and I think it's. It's. There's a lot of sharing. I think uh, it's not about the pants, but when it comes down to it, I I see what she's saying. The pants are I'm, not static. I'm, I'm gonna agree. I thought you were gonna say that the stipulation was that you're gonna have to take one of your kids. <laughs> <laughs> this oh. is the often no, that, that is would... the compromise that Greg and his wife often have for Greg coming to social events. <laughs> I thought this we used to be not yeah, helping the main that. argument here, but like I gave but up like, on that. Is this does she get get this from the podcast? Is she like a well, she long never time? listened to the podcast, so I don't know. I think probably, but maybe from me talking about the podcast and stuff. It was floating in the ether. Yeah, she just picked up it, on the vibe. It, no, it's been. It's not just that. It's been something. I think that's been a discussion. We've been together 13 years now. I'm married for 11. Double and so I think it's been a conversation between the two of us that neither one of us really, be- you know, believes the other one. All right. So in summation. That had some real tangibility to yeah, it. Yeah. Greg uh, is going to Tybee. Uh, but more importantly, has announced <laughs> to the world that he wears the pants in his relationship. As a comment that was. Now think about this as well. Greg's announcement that he wears the pants in his relationship was a demand made that's by what his I was, wife. That's what I just said. Yeah. yeah. Think about that. I think Greg knows when he – I think he understands the <laughs> dynamic did. here with the, right. announcing it that way. <laughs> See, Ben, what do you have to say about this? feels like a bit of a paradox. <laughs> uh, one last bit of Tybee news. Yes, sir. Greg's not the only one going. Who else? We got a big fish. <laughs> Oh, can you get this thing in the boat? <laughs> it's hard to get in the boat. Whoa. Whoa. Evan Silva. The big fish. The big fish. Wow. Tiffany Blackman. Wow. One to Tyvee Island. Colleen Wolf still on the fence. We're, we're waiting to find out. Tiffany I, can just drive right up. Yeah, Tiffany can drive from uh, from further north. In and Georgia. to make things clear to the and audience. We, ha- we have feelers out to Julio Jones waiting, <laughs> waiting to hear back. I, I surfaced this possibility with my wife, and maybe this means she wears the pants she said well you just went to vegas you're not going anywhere sir and that's it it was a, it was a case closed situation what if you agree it's a fair argument on her part what if you I agreed guess? to announce that you wear the pants in a relationship <laughs> on a national podcast i can't wrap my head around that to be honest <laughs> with you. That, the whole thing was it, it's a fascinating look into your relationship and the, the I, power dynamics uh and that would hold no water uh right for- i i was really fascinated by it too when she said she had one condition I'm like, all right, here it comes. And then that was it. I was really, I was thrown for a loop. Well, Greg, we we thank you for your honesty. 
It really is. It's good to see him open up like this. That was a big moment. Did it feel good, though, kind of, too? Maybe it's something to do more often. Feels great. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We will be back. Wow. We're all in recovery, as you can tell, from that bombshell. (laughs) Uh, We will be back on Friday uh, with another edition of the Around the NFL podcast uh, talking about football stuff and maybe uh, interpersonal dynamics behind the scenes in our own homes. You never know. It is the offseason. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman. The man wearing those pants. And Lindsey Fulton behind the glass. Till Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.